to another episode of Confessions of a 20-something. Um, this week's episode will be about burnout at work, and we will also have a special guest to talk with us about burnout. Um, but before we get into that, I just wanted to talk about some pop culture-related things, as well as a life update. Um, so let's get into it. I just wanted to talk about Beyonce's performance at the Oscars. Um, I don't, I, I know I'm late. Uh, the Oscars was probably over a month ago. Now, I don't normally watch award shows. I do think they're a bit boring, but I did watch the, pl- the playback of the performance, and I thought it was one of the most beautiful performances that I've ever seen. Um, If you haven't seen it, she performed a song that she made for Venus and Serena's biopic, and the song is called Be Alive. So during the performance, Beyonce came out like the absolute queen that she is, wearing this yellow gown with her signature honey blonde hair. And her backup dancers and singers were also paying homage to the Williams sisters by wearing braids with beads in the way that they often did uh, when they were younger. And the whole performance took place on a tennis court. So I watched that performance and I definitely had tears of joy. Um, And so what took me to that place was the meaning behind the lyrics Uh, The women supporting women, as Beyonce always does, she's really good with that. And just the way that she's able to convey such raw emotions in the music, I think it's so rare. Um, I think a lot of times when um, pop stars record music and they don't write the songs, it kind of lacks that emotional connection to the lyrics. But for Beyonce... um, She always seems to deliver that, and I did find that the lyrics to the song Be Alive are really symbolic and can be applied to different things. Um, So, you know, like the Williams sisters' story, they worked really hard from a really young age to be as good as they are at what they do, and that in itself is inspiring to everyone. Um, And overall, I think that Beyonce continues to um, outdo herself, and I think she's one of the greatest performers, and it would be hard to disagree with that. So on another note, um, my life update is that I am moving in with my parents to pay off student loan debt and to combat the inflation, because as I'm sure you have all noticed, the inflation is a bit extreme. Um... But there has been a lot of talk about the national student loan crisis, and unfortunately, I am one of the people who is affected by that. I do have um, student loans, and I am going to be working for the next two to three years to get those paid off because I don't trust the loan forgiveness programs. And so I did want to briefly talk about um, the student loan crisis, and just kind of give my opinion on, on that, and I, I think that maybe, I, I know we've been, we've all been demanding that for a while, and every presidential candidate, you know, and, 
they, they've all been promising that, well, not everyone, but a lot of them have been promising that they're going to get rid of that debt. Um, but I think we have to be realistic about that and realistic about what they are actually able to do. Um, and I think that as far as that being forgiven, it's a little unrealistic um, on a large scale because the money had to come from somewhere. So for instance, you know, if you go to a local place to, to get a loan or you get a credit card and you use X amount of dollars, so you get a credit card and you're, you know, you use $2,000 on the credit card. So it's maxed out. And then you don't pay it when it's due. You don't pay it in full. So they start charging you interest. And so now you have that 2000 plus the interest to pay back. Um, and even if, you, you know, like a lot of us were just out of high school and 18, not really understanding anything about um, finances or how any of that works, you're still expected to pay it back. You still sign the contract and things like that. And the bank still lended you that money. So someone has to pay it back. And I guess that's where the issue comes in. And another issue with that is who authorizes the loan forgiveness. Um, so beyond that, I, th I think that we should focus more on because Forgiving the student loans is one thing, and I agree that it is helpful. It's The whole thing is completely unfair, um, but the system is just not set up for them to really just forgive it like that. Um, but I think that that it would be a temporary fix um, to a deeply structural issue so we would need to if we really want to solve this problem and we really want you know future students to not have to ever be in this crazy amount of debt then we have to look at the structure of it why is it so expensive how can we fix it you know what are some ways that we could fund education and the professors still get paid a decent livable wage without the students digging their own graves, basically. Um, so that's, that's my take on that. Um, I can document, I will document my journey of repayment and I'll give you guys tips and everything. So if anyone wants to follow me or you have any questions, um, you know, just let me know and I would be happy to answer them and I'll be documenting my uh, journey along the way. Um, another thing I wanted to point out was that, you know, e even though um, a lot of us, if you're a younger millennial or you're an older Gen Z, you're probably in your 20s. And you probably think that you can't live with your parents or you can't live with your family. You think you're too old or whatnot. But I just want to say it's okay <laughs> if you have to go back home or if you have to live with family or you have to get a roommate, um, especially in with 
with where we are economically, it may not be feasible for you to just live on your own. Um, and a lot of times we feel like we're so old in our 20s, but if you think about it, you really have only been an adult for less than a decade or maybe a decade at most. So, of course, everything is not going to be perfect and you're not going to be financially where you want to be, um, especially if you just got out of school and you just started a new job or whatever the case may be. It's just not realistic for everyone. And I know a lot of times um, it's advertised that way on social media, the perfect life and the, you know, everybody is living this perfect, aesthetically pleasing life, but that's just not how life works. And people have bad days and people have struggles and setbacks and that's completely fine. Um, you just need to know that you could always get back up. You can always... Um, improve your life, improve your circumstance, um, and that's just a part of life. So I'm done ranting about that, so we'll go ahead and get into this week's topic. Um, I would like to introduce a special guest named Robert, and he has also dealt with the topic burnout that we are going to be discussing. He's offered to share his experiences and how he has coped with burnout so well. Um, so thank you for coming onto the podcast and taking time to do this today. I am happy to have you here. So I'll let him go ahead and introduce himself. Thank you, Kiki, for allowing me to come onto your podcast. I've been one of your fans because I've listened to all of your podcasts so far. So when you told me about the burnout one, I felt like it was one of those podcasts that I can get on and just casually talk about my experiences and my thoughts about it. So it's good to be here, and I'm glad you have allowed me to, uh, to be on your podcast. Yeah, thank you. So would you like to go ahead and tell the audience about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm 28 years old, and currently I work at a job that I actually teach my peers in the logistics profession. I've been working at this job for uh, ten year, almost 10 years now, and I sometimes have to travel, and that puts a lot of stress in my life. But I have to be able to uh, work out these um, burnout experiences that I have in my life and whatever stressors that also come in my life as well because I do also go to school as well. Um, I have a busy job, busy work life, and I have to find time for me to uh, be able to uh, cope with those burnout times when I do have them. I've also experienced burnout and I've seen uh, my coworkers experience it as well. Um, in the past, I say the past as if it was, you know, decades ago, but it was actually only maybe a year or two ago. Um, I will be honest. I know a lot of people shy away from talking about the pandemic, but um, for me, it was it was a difficult time. Um, thankfully, no one that I, you know, in my family or friend group got sick. Um, but it did affect me. It affected the way that I perceived time because I was in the house for 
maybe one to two years. But anyways, that's why I say in the past in that way, because it seems like it was a long time ago, uh, but it really wasn't. Um, so when during that time in 2020, I was still in school. Um, I, I interned as an intern in grad school. Um, I experienced a lot of burnout. For instance, um, during the lockdown, I was working full-time and I also interned part-time. Everything was online, but that didn't take away from the fact that it was still a lot to do and a lot going on at once. So once I completed my internship hours, I would work on coursework. Um, so after working nonstop for about four to six months, <laughs> I started to actually feel the burnout. And everyone has different symptoms, but for me, I was exhausted all the time. I started to have digestive issues along with chest pain. And since we were in a pandemic, <clears throat> I really couldn't do a lot of the things that I would normally do to cope with stress or anxiety. Um, so I was in the process of finding new coping skills. <clears throat> Yeah, that's very interesting because uh, I kind of felt the same way during the COVID uh, time frame. Uh, I was definitely still working, uh, but I was um, also not actually doing my job. I, was, I, I had to take care of the people that were getting sick or were uh, potential um, cases that were getting sick as far as in the teaching environment. So it was definitely a big stressor in my life because I have to worry about myself getting sick. I have to make sure everybody else is getting what they're, they're needing because they can't leave out of their rooms and things like that. So that took a toll on me, especially having to go home and stay in my house, not being able to do the things I want to do and uh, just maintaining my, my sanity amongst everybody else as well. And just Kind of go with the flow, continue to stay positive and uh, progress in the things that I could. For example, education. Um, I knew that was something that I still needed to continue to do. And that was one thing to, to kind of keep myself engaged and focused on my goals while this whole COVID situation was happening. But the news definitely kept reminding me that it is getting more serious and all these rules that are changing up and how it became more strict. It was definitely still taking that toll on me, but I always try to keep a positive mindset, kind of take a break from the news, um, as well as just, uh, just finding things I could do in-house, whether it's reading a book or you know, just kind of going outside for a minute just to get some fresh air and remind myself that everything's going to be fine. Talking to family, seeing how they're doing. These, these are some things that I've coped with myself uh, to um, reduce those stressors or burnout that I was having at work. But uh, as far as some symptoms that I may have had in the past, I, I haven't really had those um, uh, major symptoms that she may have um, suggested that Kiki might have had, but um, me, it's more like casual, casual uh, anxiety or headaches or just kind of just thinking about, you know, the bad or the negative um, 
things that happened. So I'd, I'd have to say it's mostly anxiety that was getting to me at that time. Um, but other than that, I think we've uh, both, we all have gone through some hard times during this COVID experience. But I'm glad that everything is turning out to be better. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, definitely. Um, a turn of events. There was light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I think it's important to always remind yourself of that when you're going through a tough time. Uh, because it can a lot of times feel like, this is the end. This is it. This is so horrible. You know, the doom and gloom. But you have to find ways to just get yourself through each day. Um, and it's difficult. But um, that does bring us into the actual definition of burnout, um, as you may be wondering. And so, according to an article from the National Center for Biotechnology Information, I'm going to shorten that to NCBI, because that's a lot to say. Um, but the article title is Depression, What is Burnout? And it describes burnout to be the consequences of severe stress. Um, I also found an, an additional article on um, burnout from the National Association of Social Work. I will shorten that to Nassau. And this article is titled Burnout and Burned Out and at Risk. And that talks about burnout and what it includes and how it can be prevented and resolved. So according to Dr. Maslosh, a researcher on occupational burnout and the designer of the Maslosh burnout inventory, um, burnout can be misinterpreted a lot of times and it can look similar to depression. And some people may even start to blame themselves thinking that they are lazy when in fact they aren't they're just experiencing burnout and I, I i like that you mentioned that as well because i do get that confused a lot myself every time we always want to revert or well, personally myself i always want to revert and easily say oh i'm just depressed or i'm just not having a good day i'm depressed why am i so depressed and when react and well in reality it's really just burnout i, I haven't really sat down and consider that you know what maybe it's not really the like being depressed about everything maybe it's just because i'm tired i'm burnt out there's a lot that i'm doing in my life that um tends to make me feel like i'm lazy or i just don't want to do anything so i think that's a great um thing that you pointed out those definitions because a lot of people can get confused between burnouts and depression right and Burnout and depression seems like they have similar symptoms, which can definitely lead to confusion. However, there are researchers that believe the, that believe burnout impacts thinking, decision making, mood, appetite, sleeping, um, digestive, you know, digestion, um, activity levels, and causes fatigue. And those are just a few of the things that it, that it affects. And referring back to the article from NCBI, they discussed how burnout can look similar to depression. Um, they listed three symptoms a person could experience with depression that could be mistaken for burnout. And those symptoms are 
feeling down, being fatigued, and reduced performance. So the difference between burnout and depression are the low self-esteem, the hopelessness, and the suicidal ideations. And those last three symptoms are more associated with depression. Um, but that doesn't mean that someone with burnout cannot also be depressed and exhibit all of those symptoms. Uh, the author of the article does point out that burnout can lead to depression. Um, so when it comes to mental health diagnosis, um, everything is on a spectrum and every case is different. And that's why it's so important not to self-diagnose and to see a professional that's trained on how to differentiate between those diagnoses. I do have a question for you, though. What, so what, what would you suggest if someone can't have like they can't find a professional. What what if they're in a situation where um, there is no professional guidance or help near them? Yeah, I would say if you're having a difficult time um, locating like a therapist or someone like that, um, I, I would still say don't try to self-diagnose. That could be very dangerous or don't get on, you know, TikTok and try to look for things to help you self-diagnose. Um, there are resources out there. You can locate, you know, your local mental health clinic and they can provide you with resources. Um, also, virtual therapy has become really big um, during the pandemic. And so you can look up, you know, virtual therapy or virtual therapist. And I know that a lot of times therapy can be very expensive. Um, so I would try to seek out, you know, free or sliding scales or low cost therapy because it is out there for you to access. Um, and if you do have uh, medical insurance, sometimes your insurance will cover the cost of therapy. And so that is a perfect segue into how to prevent and resolve burnout. So in the Nassau article, the author lists the following ways to prevent burnout. Um, and these, this includes listening to the concerns of your coworkers or co colleagues, um, talking to your family and friends, conducting self-assessments, reducing isolation, um, having supervisions, and, you know, with your with your supervisor and also keeping um, close contact with their colleagues and networking with them. Um, taking needed mental health days. I know that can be difficult for a lot of us um, and using stress reduction techniques as well as uh, arranging for reassignments at work if needed, taking leave and seeking professional help as needed. I definitely agree with all of that, because now that you've mentioned all of that, I, I realized that these are some things that I have been doing in my time to reduce burnout. So, uh, for example, um, reassignment at work. There are some times where I do constantly get switched to certain things in my own sections and I just get a refresher and I'm not just burnt out on the same thing over and over and over again. And we have time to take breaks because sometimes it is stressful doing the same thing over and over and we get tired and we tend to lose 
our motivation to do those things. So taking that leave, that's important. That's a big thing, making sure you get vacation. Um, um, what was the other thing you said? You said network with colleagues and maintaining regular supervision, making sure you're reflecting on yourself, um, asking yourself, hey, am I okay? Am I really okay? Do I need to talk with somebody? Or do who who can I talk to? Like who are those people that I can talk to? Do I have friends near me that I can talk to? And in my experience, there's a lot of times where I don't really have people around me as far as friends to talk to, and because normally it's just our coworkers, and we all have the same mindset. Oh, we go to work, we do what we got to do, and then we go home and we live our lives there. But we really don't have those moments to where we're talking to each other about things that are on our mind. And sometimes it's kind of hard to do that. So uh, my secondary source would be my family. And I know she said that as well. As far as family and friends, I talk to my family all the time, specifically my dad, because he can re he can relate a lot to what I'm going through right now. And he's definitely given me a, a lot of advice to get me through those tough times. And then my mo my mother's always a caring person that I can always rely on whenever, you know, something deep or something important that uh, affected me in my life. I can always re ensure that she's going to comfort me in those times as well. And I, I feel like all those little things can help you get through the day or get through whatever you're trying to go through, uh, uh, whatever you're trying to get past and seeking appropriate professional help. Um, that is the main option there that, uh, everyone should be willing to seek, but sometimes that option is not always available or it might not be the, uh, the easiest person to go to because they're a complete stranger and it might be more comfortable to go to friends and family. So whatever works, it, it, it definitely is, uh, important to, to tackle that and make sure you, um, handle that burnout in the correct way. So I definitely agree with your um, preventions here. Yeah, and I can also, um, I also think that it is really difficult to sometimes find people to talk to, especially in work environments. And it also may just be a um, an environment where you don't want to talk about things that you're going through, even if it is related to the stress at work. But I will say that it is helpful to have at least that one person you can go to at work to vent to. Um, and I find that um, it really just depends on the field. Like I kind of worked in a few different fields not largely, mostly I've been working in social work, but a few times I did work retail um, and customer service. And so I did find that it was a little bit different in regards to finding someone to confide in um, because with social service jobs, um, people are just trained, you're kind of trained to talk to people and to uh, help them through their problems. And so you do find a lot of times that there's like, you know, a therapist that's willing to sit and listen to you just vent about whatever, or a social worker, or like, you know, whoever it may be. Um, so with all of that, I would like to know what are some personal ways that you cope with your burnouts? 
Yeah, so to cope with burnout, I, you know, I will do art. I really like painting. I work on my food blogging, or I do this, I podcast. I try to socialize <laughs> as much as I can, and I exercise. I also um, do see a therapist on occasion. I will be open about that. I, I think it's important to um, have that unbiased person to talk to and to kind of guide you to where you want to be in life and help you through whatever difficult situations you might be going through. Okay, so out of all the things you say, what is your favorite that you like to do? Hmm, that's really hard, you know. <laughs> um, a favorite, I think... I, I like doing things where I can be creative and I can have a creative outlet like this podcasting or doing art, um, just anything that allows me to uh, release any of the anxiety or emotions that I may keep within myself um, because those are really the things that lead to like anxiety or depression if you are the type of person that kind of ruminates on things, meaning like you let your thoughts continue to run in circles in your mind, even if they're bad thoughts. And when they are bad thoughts, um, it's good to have an outlet to release that kind of energy. Okay. Um, my favorite would be exercising and just being able to, I, I'm a big fan of running. I run a lot, but I'm not a marathon runner yet. I don't think I'll ever be a marathon runner, but I like to go out there and jog and um, listen to music. Listen, listening to music is a big thing for me, but I have to be careful because sometimes some of the music that we tend to listen to or tend, I tend to listen to can deter back to my emotional state because uh, you have those songs that are specifically for bad days and then you have some for good days. So I try to stay on the positive side when it comes to um, listening to music and have those songs that just kind of motivate you and um, get you going throughout the day. Make sure that you're still going to be all right. And um, yeah, just kind of, I, I, but that, those are my two biggest things, listening to music and just kind of jogging or working out just to get that, get everything off my mind and just put it all through my physical actions. And um, what else? Let's see. I think probably reading would be my second because that just clears my mind of whatever's going on and I can focus on what I'm reading and have a different um, a different story going on in my head. I'm not thinking about what's going on in my life. I'm thinking about the story that I'm, I'm actually reading or uh, I'm just imagining something different. So those are my top three things that I like to do. Yeah, I agree with you on the topic of music. Um, music is also really huge for me. Um, and I, I kind of like you have to watch with the type of music that I'm listening to because sometimes it can uh, set a certain mood for your day. So I do try to start the day with something that's soft and something that's like, you know, reassuring and encouraging because um, you are what you listen to. So you just want to make sure that it's something positive and something that's going to you know, foster good thoughts. Um, but I have discovered that a lot of people cope with burnout by engaging in self-care. Um, and that, that can include a lot of the things that we just listed. 
But self-care has become a really hot topic on social media and has been monetized and commercialized, but I just want to to note that self-care can be as simple as brushing your teeth or going on a 30-minute walk or just meditating. Self-care is really just a way to ensure that you are rejuvenating yourself or recharging your battery. Um, While you know, getting a manicure, a pedicure, a massage, or, you know, a shopping spree can be considered self-care, and that's often what's marketed to us. Those things don't address your internal and emotional needs, and I do believe there should be more people, you know, speaking on internal and emotional self-care as a part of their, you know, their content on social media. So sure, you know, you can get a mani-pedi or you can go on a shopping spree and spend a lot of money on clothes and shoes, but you will still be exhausted. (laughs) Um, And at the end of the day, you know, what are you doing to ensure that you don't carry that exhaustion with you into the next week or even into the next day? Yeah, I definitely agree because sometimes I fall into that as well. Like I would have... I. I have the tendency to keep myself busy to avoid um, talking about what's really going on in my mind. And um, it's good to also have those ways to um, help you get through that. So like I said previously, you know, I would call my family, my brother or my, my mom or my dad to talk about just things that just happened. Because while I can completely avoid the whole topic in my head and focus on school or Uh, go outside and jog or like run or it's still going to be on my mind until I I get that advice that I'm looking for because I'm trying to find the answer in my head but I just can't seem to figure it out and if I go talk to somebody who's who's probably experienced it more than I have they can probably give me the answer that I'm looking for so it's always good to have that um, extra and way to to cope with those um, thoughts in your head. Yeah, definitely. Um, There was an article from the University of Buffalo um, detailing how you can develop a self-care plan if you don't know how to start. Um, And just to summarize the article a bit, you can start by identifying your stressors, um, the ways that you cope, and what you're currently doing for self-care. And then you could focus on what you want to change, Manage your self-care by adding or eliminating obstacles, meaning that, you know, you're identifying what's important to you and what you want to address. And the next step would be creating an emergency self-care plan uh, for things that may just pop up. So as we all know, life has a funny way of throwing things at us um, when we least expect it. And in an emergency self-care plan, it would remind you of the things that you can do to ensure that you're able to, you know, cope with whatever is being thrown at you. Um, So for this, you would identify your triggers, the things that you notice yourself doing when you're stressed, ways to cope, people or things to avoid during that time, and places and people that are safe during that time. So I have another question for you. how, what are some stress triggers that you have in your life? Hmm. Stress triggers for me are definitely times where I don't get enough sleep. 
Um, some people are able to function fully as themselves when they don't get enough sleep, but I find that I need, you know, I need my seven to like nine or 10 hours to feel functional. Um, so that's definitely a trigger for me. Um, if I don't get enough sleep or if I'm not able to, uh, you know, have enough time to do self-care, then I do start to feel stressed out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the last thing that, you know, we can all do um, to help with any of our self-care plan, whether it's for emergencies or just the the day-to-day, is that you can commit to your plan and share your plan with others to allow them to um, help you and keep you on track with your path um so having and also having you know an inner dialogue with yourself so tell yourself that you deserve to be put first and that you're doing that by following your self-care plan um and when i say you know you deserve to be put first i don't mean like in a selfish self-centered kind of way um i know for a lot of us you know a lot of people who might work in helping professions and even if you don't if you're a caregiver or something like that you know you need to take time to fill your own cup before you go and try to fill someone else's so make sure that you're okay first yeah that's definitely important because i have to make sure that i do that myself because sometimes there's not people out there that are going to make sure that you're okay they're they're so busy with what they have to do that they're not willing to ask you hey you know what are you like how's your day going like is there anything you want to talk about you really don't hear that a lot as uh, and to to ensure that you have somebody that you can talk to so uh it's very important to um, find a way to uh, express that and express your thoughts to somebody or just kind of have that inner dialogue with yourself and find ways to uh, create that self-help, that self-care plan. Uh, Because with me, I'm in a position where I have to not only just take care of myself, but take care of others. And I can't take care of others without being able to take care of myself. And I have to make sure that, hey, I know what I need to do. And I have the answers to solve my problems. That way, if anybody comes to me with those same problems, I can help them as well. And I can't just say, oh, well, you know what? I mean, it is what it is. That's life. Uh, We're just going to have to go with the flow on this one. But in reality, there's answers out there and we got to find them, whether it's just me finding it for them or we're finding it together. We're going to find a way to get get the issue resolved because that's that's what um, it's all about. Just making sure everybody's okay. And they're reaching their goals or their plans that they have because we all have tough times and um, we all um, have to relate to each other to uh, help each other and get through whatever we're getting through, especially in this recession. It's definitely going to be tough for a lot of people now, and we can't be targeting people um, in these times to uh, we got to help each other out. Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, it's really hard to help other people if you're not doing well yourself. And sometimes that can lead to, you know, the worst part 
of us coming out. If you're so stressed out, you're so overwhelmed, or you've reached the point of burnout to where you're just like, I do not care. I don't care. You know, what you deal with it, you do what, whatever it is you're going to do. Then that doesn't help anyone. And that, you know, it, it, you may end up being rude to that person. You're just not going to be yourself. So it's just really important, even if it's just five to 10 minutes a day, do something for yourself. Um, and if you struggle with that, it might also be helpful for you to have an accountability partner. Um, it could be someone from work, it could be family or a friend that you can go to and you both can hold each other accountable, um, you know, to doing your self-care plans. But through it all, you know, it's it's a journey. We have to constantly work on, you know, improving ourselves. And, well, I, I won't say that because I think that can become a little bit um, overwhelming. If you, if you always feel like you are not uh, good enough or you constantly have to improve yourself, I do think we kind of live in a society that um that fosters that kind of thought process and to an extent it's fine you can you know we we all should strive to be better versions of ourselves but um you know at the end of the day you also have to be happy with the person that you are today and kind of living in the present and that eliminates some of that anxiety um that you may have when you think about, well, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and all these extra things, you know, taking it day by day, and that goes for your self-care as well. Um, it's taking, you know, taking small steps to make sure that tomorrow is a better day. Um, but that really concludes today's episode, and I just wanted to thank Robert for coming on and um, opening up to us about his experiences. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I hope to have you back on again soon. Um, if you guys are interested in any of the references or the self-care worksheets that I mentioned uh, in this episode, just let me know and I will be more than happy to share that with you. Um, this podcast will be changing up a bit, um, here pretty soon. I will be a little bit more consistent with my posting and also I'll be adding a website and some social media pages so that I can interact with you guys a bit more and you can let me know what you would like to hear. Um, but if you have enjoyed this episode and you would like to hear more, you should definitely subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to. And don't forget to like, rate, and leave a comment. And again, thank you so much for listening.